Hello. Good morning. Cheers. This morning, I have some fancy third wave iced coffee. Ah, very good. Today, I, I, I've been trying to do this concept, this video. I think this is my third or fourth time now. I uh, tried to do it twice while remote. My technology is not quite refined enough to pull that off. So two failures. And I kind of gave up on doing this remotely, so we're just going to do an in-studio production of this one to um, make it actually happen. So today's topic is make progress. And this is just my idea of the concept. I have a inkling that it may just not apply, may not resonate with many people, just depending on what your interests are. But being the kind of geek that I am, it is something that it's just constantly um, rattling around in my head. And I have conversations and I'm, I'm just not sure people are on the same wavelength. They just have different interests, ambitions, whatever. And so I'll share it for people that might be interested. But just a heads up, it may not relate to you. Let me know. I mean, what did the YouTubers say? Put a comment below and let me know if this makes sense to you or if this is of interest to you. Um, if, if so, I'm kind of curious. Um, so anyway, uh, concept of make progress. As I was trying to do this three times, I realized that it seem to have a lot in common with a live stream I did two live streams ago, number 110, about that extra 1%. <clears throat> and the idea is if you just put in a little extra effort, a little extra work learning, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a lot, but it surprisingly does accumulate. Well, this is kind of a different interpretation of it. And this is more like make progress. How do you make progress? What does that look like? What is progress? And so I just wanted to explore that slightly different angle. And the background is we're all busy, right? Emails, phone calls, demos, sales, support. Um, I happen to do app source development. So we're trying to do that. And then customers want BC customizations. And then I'm doing MVP related stuff. So there's just a lot going on. It's not, you know, I'm not buried in, in all of this, but it's just jumping between a bunch of different topics. It's hard to stay focused. It's hard to, say, make progress on strategic things. And we've got all these other things like news and updates and Twitter, and, and I need to learn some new Business Central feature I've never used before. A uh, customer has some issue or error. How do we figure out what's going on there? And then I'm in this kind of, uh, weird spanning two worlds of technical and functional. I kind of have to understand what the customer requirements are, figure out how to do that in BC. And if we need a customization, figure out how do we translate that into a uh, business central PTE or AL customization or customer report, whatever that looks like. And so it's kind of stretching my brain trying to, to cover all of these topics. It's a lot of territory to, to hold. So if you're doing all this stuff, my theory is it's very easy to just focus on the tactical, to get kind of trapped and stuck on all the tactical stuff. 
I've got a phone call. I've got a demo. I've got a proposal. I've got this spec. I got to get out the door. I've got these support calls. I have these new customers to support, uh, you know, who are interested in say Business Central or a customization or a software product or whatever. All of this new input, this new stimulus, these new requests and. I think there's an inclination to serve those things and take care of those things. That feels like progress. But I can't forget about application development for products and app source apps. And I really, really want to create a new website. And I've really wanted to do this for I don't know how many, two years now, I, however long it's been. I'm just like, okay, we need a new website to support X, Y, and Z and, and do these things and I, I don't like the solutions out there, so I got to figure something out. And then I've been wanting to do product and training videos for our app source apps. Like, okay, got to do that. So that's kind of a strategic project. No one's clamoring to have those things, but I know I need to do it. And then I want to have a support portal where customers can go. I want to have KB articles to just reduce the cost of support. And I've learned that from my existing work uh, that when I have just standard, very simple answers to common questions, a support ticket can go from five minutes to 30 seconds and may not seem like a lot, but when you do say 30 a month, it starts to add up. And it's just, if you're doing something repeatedly, why not make it more efficient, right? So it's investing the time to build the strategic solution to get that tactical work off of your plate. And we're having discussions on Twitter right now about, <coughs> um, you know, a potential lack of resources in the business central space. And people are looking for a contract or an employee, a new consultant, a new project manager, whatever that, that role is, whatever that, you know, uh, requirement is for a project. Maybe it's a new developer. And there's a discussion that that's getting difficult to do right now. So how do you find new employees? And that's an investment. You know, what is your hiring process? Job description. How do you, if a person doesn't have the experience you need, but they're a good candidate, how do you train them and bring them up to speed and make them a more valuable uh, team member on your project? Whatever that looks like. That's a pretty big investment and that's strategic and customers aren't going to be necessarily demanding those things, but you need them in your organization to grow. Examples. So, I, I kind of, I've mentioned tactical versus strategic a few times. So this is one perspective and it just Tetris came to mind. You've got all these things that are immediate and they stack up and that's the new block in Tetris coming down. You're like, what do I do with this? How do I deal with this? And you got to put it somewhere. But pretty soon things start to stack up from the bottom and you might get into a little trouble. So you're dealing with prospect calls, proposals, customization, specs, support calls, things like that. And pretty soon you start to get behind on your app development, your website, your product training, your support portal, finding new employees, and they start to stack up. If you're lucky, you may have a configuration like this where you're kind of close and you have the capacity to fill those things, fill that final block and complete those tasks. If you're not so organized and if you're way behind, your organization may look a little bit more like this. In which case, you can kind of see the trouble brewing, right? That you have to really clear down your tactical backlog in order to 
um, you know, make up for uh, and get ahead of your workload. Let's scoot that over. Oops, what did I do now? There we go. So this is trouble and you're not going to have much capacity to get rid of the strategic task, get those completed if you're constantly fighting fires at the tactical level. So that brings us to capacity. And this is a different Tetris configuration, right? You just, anyone who's played Tetris, you look at that, and you're like, oh, wow, that's you know, clean, opportunity, capacity. I see what I need to do. I'm well configured to support this. This yellow block is gonna come in. It's gonna take care of two of my strategic goals. And I have plenty of capacity for the tactical, right? That's a nice place to be right there. And I've had conversations recently, and I don't know that, I mean, I'm always listening for these things. And these people said these things just casually, you know, uh, they had no intent or, uh, you know, it, it just, they just mentioned it uh, based on what they were doing at the time. And one quote was, well, I finished my work by lunch, so the boss can't complain, right? And they were very happy about that, that, you know, they had the ability to get their work done. They could work remotely and, hey, they had the rest of the day free. And, um, you know, that might be one way to kind of brag or be proud of your work. And that's great. That's a fantastic place to be. I saw it differently. And another quote was, well, I have about 30% free time. And I'm frustrated because I've asked for more responsibility and more work, and I feel like I'm not being fully utilized. So that was some dis dissatisfaction that like, hey, I can do more for my employer, but I'm just not getting the opportunity or the requests or the ability to, to fulfill my ambition or do more of what I like to do. And so I see that as capacity. I don't see that as, hey, I've got the rest of the day free. I'm going to go take off. That I mean... That's a good thing occasionally, but professionally, I want to utilize that capacity. That's an opportunity. And that 30% free time, well, if the employer is not going to, you know, uh, take advantage of or utilize that or appreciate the benefit of that and give the person more, more work, more opportunity, more new things to do, I mean, that's their loss. And so I see that as the, both of these as opportunities for the employee to make progress, professional progress is, is what I'm thinking of. And so, okay, you may have your company projects and maybe that's a new product or service, a new internal systems, hiring, expanding, you know, things I mentioned before. That helps the company, whether that's your company, your employer, whatever that looks like. And that's great. Maybe you could put more effort there. But in the case where you have personal capacity, I personally like to invest in career projects to help me and improve my career, my, my value to customers um, uh, professionally, whatever, that, whatever phrase uh, explains that. So I focus on maybe I improve a professional skill. I get experience with some new feature, new product. I learn something. I make new professional connections, uh, new relationships. I, I, you know, I have meetings with people. I have calls with people. I make offers. Hey, can we talk about this? Can I help you with that? And, uh, and it could even be a newer existing hobby. 
you'd be surprised how a personal hobby can overlap with professional work. And kind of the classic trope is is golf, right? People say, oh, I play golf and that develops relationships and you have, you know, casual just conversations on the golf course. Maybe that's true. I don't know. I'm not really, um, I used to play golf, but uh, that really never became the focus of it. But uh, for me, it's just like, oh, I wanted to record videos. So it ended up doing this. And this has turned into all sorts of conversations that have been super valuable. And I've, I've really appreciated it. And everyone's like, you're weird. Why are you making these videos? And I didn't know. I just wanted to. Um, so for me, this was a hobby that turned into a career project that has opened up so many opportunities for me. So I used the you know nights and weekends and a little bit of free time. And this is my Saturday morning before the family gets up. And uh, I enjoy it. And it's turned into a career enriching project. So I see if you have capacity at work, do something valuable. There's a lot of opportunity there. And then <clears throat> words that come to mind for me are ambition, passion, curiosity. And I've met people where this just didn't apply. And that's fine. They were at a point in where their life where they're, they said, hey, I clock in at nine. I clock out at five. I don't take calls outside of those hours. I refuse to work weekends. This is just a job that pays the bills and do not bother me. I have no interest in, in investing anything else in it. That's one perspective. I'm not that person. Uh, so for me, this is like ambition, passion, curiosity are all very closely related to the work I do. I just happen to love my work. I'm very lucky. So if I, I had a call, someone, a customer called me at 830. It was like, hey, I'm concerned about this. I'm like, huh, this is interesting. Let's try and solve it. I'm learning something and I'm putting you at ease that this project is going okay. And he was thankful. He's like, wow, thanks for taking the call. I'm like, sure. I was sitting right here researching it anyway. So happy to jump on a 10 minute call. So what do you care about? Like, what interests you? Uh, what, what do you feel passionate about? What do you enjoy doing? And if there is overlap with your professional life and that ambition, passion, curiosity, things you enjoy, I say exploit that and pursue that and just, you know, do things that happen to help your professional career um, or your work or your job or, you know, make, make your work more enjoyable. Um, I happen to like sharing knowledge and information, talking about things, having phone calls, discussions, live streams, you name it. I happen to enjoy that. Um, training and education. I did videos saying, okay, I have no idea how to develop with AL. I'm going to do a bunch of videos and just record what I'm experiencing and kind of turn it into an educational series of videos, like a training class. And I've received feedback that people appreciate that. So that's been pretty cool. And if you follow me on Twitter, you know I am like this weird cybersecurity geek. No idea why. I just love it. I find it absolutely fascinating. And if I were to start a new career today, it would be that. I don't know if I'd enjoy it as a career where I have to do the work and get paid and show up at a job or whatever that looks like. But I'm pretty sure I would. I just find it endlessly fascinating, uh, all of the facets of cybersecurity. And then technical curiosities. Like, 
why is Business Central doing this? And other people may know the answer to that, but I'm like, huh, that's different. It feels kind of unusual or there's something going on there. So how do we figure that out? And maybe we look at the page, the table. Maybe we speculate about a process that's running. Maybe we, I jump into the code and say, ha, huh, ah, that might be what's going on and ask around. But all that stuff interests me. I, I'm very curious about what's going on behind the scenes. So these help make progress, in my opinion. If you're not ambitious about whatever you're uh, pursuing or working on or your career, if you don't have passion, if you're not curious, I speculate it is much harder to make progress, but that's just my pure speculation. If you have these things, I think it is just much easier to make progress in your work and career just because it comes naturally and you have a direction, you have a focus, and it's really easy to make progress. And then there's persistence. Um, I, I need to dig up some old videos and photos, but this is my garage from January 2016 uh, because I thought in order to make videos, you needed to have a set. You needed to have a big space because you needed to have a camera. You needed big lighting and soft boxes and a green screen. And you needed to stand a certain amount away from the green screen and have the camera far away to get certain focus and make it look professional. And the only place I had this amount of space was in my garage. Cleaned everything out, set up a full studio, Bought these really cheap, basic CFL, you know, uh, lights imported from China. They were super flimsy and fall over if you bumped them. And um, yeah, that's what I started with. And I tried a few videos and it took hours, super time consuming, very frustrating, very discouraging how hard it was to do this. And I realized, okay, this doesn't work. So I tried the next thing. That didn't work. I tried the next thing. I moved to a bedroom, did soundproofing blankets on the wall, uh, sound absorbing, professional sound absorbing blankets. I did a teleprompter, I, lighting, you name it, all sorts of things. Years, year after year, 2016, 2019, 2020, finally, in 2021, I finally kind of figured out what worked for me to do this, where I could turn on the camera, turn on the lights with a button, and kind of hit record. And then I realized, oh, you don't even have to hit record. I just hit go live, and then I don't have to edit. Even better, right? So I'll make mistakes. I'll cough. I'll, you know, someone knocks on the door, whatever the case is. And this worked for me. And so literally five years of just constant failures. This doesn't work over and over and over until I figured out, okay, what do I want? What do I need? What works for me for my situation? Not some YouTuber that that does, you know, some gaming or whatever their topic is. What works for me, for my house, my situation, my availability. And that's what I have. Everything is at my desk the lights, the monitors, the microphone. Uh, I have a green screen behind me that just pulls down from the ceiling. Zero setup takes 30 seconds to get set up for that at least. So persistence, just really essential. Um, let's see. Explore. Um, so I'm just constantly exploring. And so one, one way I do that is I just buy books. 
Sometimes I buy the new books. So I have some new Business Central books, Automated Testing, Administrating uh, Dynamics 365 Business Central. Um, I'll see books pop up on Twitter. So one is Hacking APIs. And these were supposed to go in one at a time so you could see them, but you get the point. So cybersecurity side, Hacking APIs. Nearly everything today, commercial software-wise, is API-based. So APIs are a new attack surface that is, is a real problem because if the developers aren't very focused on security when building APIs, it becomes this really high-risk attack surface. So I'm interested in that. Uh, the Tau of Network Security Monitoring. And I'm interested in that because if you're not monitoring, how do you know you're being attacked or there's a problem? So I've invested a lot in that. I just saw this book pop up, Security Chaos Engineering, and just like makes absolute sense. If you're into, into cybersecurity, you know it is pretty much a disaster in terms of a defender situation. Just it is so difficult to defend your network, your software, your systems, your attack service that you just kind of have to embrace chaos. So that's what this book is about. Like you can't control everything. You can't defend against anything, everything. So how do you just embrace the chaos and have uh, a, whatever the solution is to deal with breaches in various forms? So just started reading that. And part of that is just continuous learning and making progress Part of that is continuous learning. It doesn't, doesn't need to be an intense four-week class that you spend thousands of dollars on. Hey, it could be an hour, a uh, couple hours a week focusing on something, and you'll eventually make progress. So on my cybersecurity side, I learned about Kali Linux, watched some videos on that, did some testing with that. My my daughter, who is you know 10 or 11 at the time, she used Kali Linux to hack our Wi-Fi network. And was able to crack the Wi-Fi password and get into an access point and get access to our network all on a $400 cheap ThinkPad I bought off of eBay. And so that was a great exercise. Huh, learned a lot. Now I've uh, learned about Syslog and Graylog and Waza and Sysmon. And we're just, just small incremental learning on a continuous basis, whatever interests me. I completed the ISC Squared Certified in Cybersecurity. It took me six months. Just went through slowly, did the course, and took the certification exam. I learned about, I, I've used the product called Veeam Backup and Replication. I bought their new version, which has cloud replication. So I had to learn about that. That was interesting. That helps with my disaster recovery, uh, ransomware resistance, I'll call it, or resilience. And so I'm looking at, okay, I've done these things. What's next? So I'm just always looking at what's next. And I looked at some things, just didn't look like a good fit. But this just popped up. This is a Microsoft course called the Microsoft <coughs> Cybersecurity Analyst, and it is hosted on Coursera, which, interesting, interestingly enough, is where Google has been posting their IT, um, I think it's like IT analyst training course, it's like a six-month online self-paced course. And they also have a cybersecurity course. They have a couple others. So Google is been there for years on Coursera. And Microsoft, as far as I know, this is the first one I've seen on Coursera that's, you know, focused uh, training materials. And it'll say it's free, but it's really $39 or $49 a month for the Coursera subscription. And I think, I don't know if that's all you can eat, any course you want, or if it's just for this course one at a time. But 
This is, I think, a six-month course, 10, 10 hours a week, something like that. And it's just self-paced and you go at your pace and you'll learn this stuff. This takes persistence. This takes desire, ambition. You really got to want to do this to get through it over six months. But it's a great opportunity, very low cost. And then, of course, you have to weigh this based off of, you know, in the context of living life. And so I make sure to do that as well. Hang out with my kids. Uh, I take my laptop and people say, oh, you shouldn't work with your kids. Well, hey. This allows me to do a few emails, hang out with my kids, go to the mall, spend time with them, and just do kind of work on the side and still spend time with them. So I consider it a great opportunity to work remotely, be flexible, do things. I can now do things I wouldn't be able to do if I were just in my office. So we go to the park, we have a picnic, we have burgers, answer a few emails, do a support ticket, uh, send out an invoice, uh, record a cash receipt, whatever it is. And I go up to uh, Utah and hang out with my colleagues in Park City. Uh, my colleague Tanya just opened a new office there. So I was able to head up there for a few days, hang out, get some work done. And we had the office party there. So that was great. So, you know, I balance all these things and I, I enjoy it and able to do it remotely in the process. Thankfully, a great opportunity. So it's just, a you know, some speculation, some thinking opportunities to make progress. So what do you think? How do you make progress? How do you work on the strategic projects? How do you get things done that are longer term? And I do it through being interested in them, having ambition to pursue those things, having curiosity and really wanting to do them. Things I don't want to do, they just don't get done. And like, how do you push through those things? There's some things that you just don't really want to do, but you got to get done. So open to suggestions, kind of curious, like any other ways that you pursue professional goals, professional enrichment, continuous learning, uh, how do you improve and make progress on a regular basis? So with that, have a good weekend and enjoy. Cheers. <laughs>